We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Breaking news, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! All right, guys, welcome into another episode. We just got through watching the Hornets win their home opener, the uh, season opener against the Bulls. I don't know how many people had us starting 1-0, uh, but we did win 106-105 against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, just a reminder, we are a member of the Blue Wire Network, and you can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcasting apps. Let's get right into the game. Uh, we're going to keep this episode short and sweet. We're just reacting uh, to the Hornets opener, the win here. Uh, a lot of impressive players. I thought at points, or for most parts of this game, it was a very exciting game. It did kind of slow down a little bit in the beginning of the third quarter. But, man, we can almost start with any player maybe outside of Batum or Rozier. And there's probably a lot of positives that we can talk about. Um, I, I really did like the upped pace. Uh, that we saw out of this team. And, you know, with that comes some turnovers, but it was just a fun game to watch. Brian, what what were your, like, gut instincts after this win and some of your major takeaways for this? Yeah, I think this game looked a lot like how you you sort of uh, hope Charlotte's season will look this year. And by that, I mean it's not even the win because ultimately they're going to lose a lot of games this year. And it's cool that they got the win on opening night. Happy for the fans and for the, the people in attendance there. That's great. But... It was finding combinations that work with the young guys, seeing what those guys can do, seeing those guys perform in clutch situations, seeing those guys run new sets uh, as this offense turns over from being Kemba Walker pick and roll 50% of the time to to all sorts of new looks. It was P.J. Washington having some incredible moments. This was Miles Bridges. I thought he had a couple head-scratching uh, ball handling moments early in the game, but for the most part, he was pretty, he was pretty awesome uh, creating his own shot. As Spencer likes to mention, he, he loves that spin move. But uh, I thought w- a wonderful performance from Graham, obviously, just totally out-of-body experience for him at times in the third quarter. But I like the willingness from the coaching staff to try new stuff offensively. They look flowy, and their things are going side-to-side, and 
when you have a guy like Zeller to screen and help with the ball from left to right and back and forth, that that helps a lot too. But also trying lineup combinations. We saw once we saw this with with Brego a ton last season too. So this is maybe not necessarily new, but seeing it with the young guys and them really going with the with the youth group to start the game and close the game. And mild and being being flexible to play PJ Washington at the five and play him some with Marvin Williams and go to the three guard look with Devontae and, and Monk and Rozier that that sort of helped them get back in the game in, in the third quarter. And and Bacon factors into that mix as well. He he was pretty special tonight too. So I'll uh, before I list everyone on the team, why don't I <laughs> why don't I peel back for a second and, and see what you what y'all's thoughts were on no. I think exactly that. You know, it's not necessarily the wins and losses with this team, especially this season. Uh, it was nice to see the different combinations and the different lineups. And and I think Devontae Graham was the most impressive player to me tonight. P.J. Washington obviously had a hot, hot start to this game. He set a uh, NBA record for a debut for seven three-pointers in the game. But Devontae Graham, again, we've talked about this before in prior episodes. He's just such a steady player running that point guard position, and Borrego trusted him late in the game over Rozier to kind of run the offense, get things under control, and there was one play that I feel like it might go unnoticed among many fans. It was probably like 35 seconds left in the game. Uh, We shot the ball, we missed it, and he was so calm and cool while grabbing this offensive rebound, and he also kept, I think it might have been Porter, on his back as he was kind of dribbling out the clock and trying to kill the clock as much as he can. But just to see that out of him, and it, obviously his three-point shooting was amazing, but just little things like that, it looks so veteran-like out of Devontae Graham. So, you know, Spencer, you haven't had a chance to talk yet. What are your thoughts on Devontae Graham or, or just this game in general? Yeah, I mean, to start with Devontae, just his composure as a player. I mean, 23 points. Eight assists in 27 minutes, and what he did in the fourth quarter, shooting the ball and some of those pocket passes when Chicago lifted their defense because of how well Charlotte was shooting the ball. Just he's so under control, his IQ so high. It's it's hard to speed him up. Um, but saying all those things, which I would have said about Devonte Graham before the game tonight, and then to watch him keep his composure in a tight regular season NBA game, uh, I wouldn't have told you I would have expected that. So. I mean, what a game. I, I do. You could go a lot of different directions for player of the game here, at least three different directions. But I do think that Devontae Graham um, carried this Hornets team uh, down the stretch and just, again, provided that composure. So I would say he was the MVP of this game for Charlotte. I, I thought just <clears throat> overall for this team, and I don't think any if anybody told you they knew what to expect tonight from, the, from this youth, they weren't telling you the truth. But how together – they played on both ends of the floor for the majority of the night, not the whole night. They had some defensive lapses. They have some live ball turnovers, you know, their late third quarter, early fourth quarter that, that really should have cost them the game. But they stayed together. They kept moving the ball side to side. Uh, they kept sharing it. They kept playing unselfish. They sent two to the offensive glass a lot tonight. We're able to scrap out a few extra chances. Uh, and then defensively, like – I know they gave up 125 points, and I know Chicago could have been better. And, you know, and the Bulls bailed Charlotte out with some bad shots, <clears throat> Zach Levine. But, you know, overall, for with a young team, with a young team, I was impressed how the Hornets held it together defensively. Like when they needed stops in the last four minutes, they got them. And it's just not something you see from a young team very often, you know? So I was right. just super impressed. But how, how about this real quick? Because I, I just kind of did this stat in my mind. 
Devontae Graham, Dwayne Bacon, P.J. Washington, all young players, as we know, combined for 72 points tonight. Combined salary of those three players, $6.8 million. Whew. So, Man. you know, we talk about youth. We talk about development. Um, mm-hmm. It couldn't have started any better from that standpoint tonight for Charlotte. Yeah, those guys starting the game and getting the clutch minutes was huge. And and as you guys mentioned, just Graham's poise uh, under pressure was – we saw it last season as a, a low-mistake player, and we talked in the offseason how the three-point shot for him was going to be – that was going to be a real bellwether for him, a real swing skill for Devontae as a player. And it's fun to see how that can just open up all these other aspects of his game. And, they, you know, if, if you're looking at this as just – the Hornets trying to win a game, and there's a long season behind this game. But just for the night, them being able to, as Rozier struggled, and, and this was not a great game for Terry Rozier, who was 2 of 10 shooting and a minus 18 on the court tonight, for them to be able to turn to Devontae and even Malik Monk at times, but really obviously Graham especially for, for playmaking and for shot making, I thought was really, really impressive. Following team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at Sports axios.com you'll get the best stories from the nba and the nfl to cricket and ping pong and everything in between axios sports also highlights the most important stats and trends giving you the ability to stay informed it's super simple to sign up and it's free at sports.axios.com not only will you be caught up but you'll also be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies Join the 100,000 sports fans who got caught up on the day before it even begins. Best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free, curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try for free at sports.axios.com. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. They make suits shirts coats and more and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit the process is simple you first choose your fabric pick your customizations and submit your measure your measurements your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks you can get measured and design your suit at your nearest indochino showroom or do it all online at indochino.com Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. And I thought another player that impressed me uh, and just kind of having a different role this season is Cody Zeller. You know, I think his bread and butter, you know, with Kimba Walker has always been that pick and roll. And 
he's going to have a different role this season, clearly. And I think, I know this kind of sounds controversial, but it feels like he's going to be showcasing his skills a little bit more because he's not going to just be in this routine of, you know, setting a high pick and roll for Kemba and rolling. It feels like there's a little bit more diversity in his game. Um, he's setting a lot more side screen and rolls, and it almost felt like he had more room yeah, yes, this is just one game, but it felt like he had more room in the middle of the lane here. Uh, had several dunks, I think, off of a couple pocket passes from Devonte Graham, and, and I'm sure some other players as well. So definitely impressed by Cody Zeller, and I do think that he's going to have to showcase himself a little bit more in a variety of ways. I've thought this since the the, the preseason opener. Like, I can't wait till you, we can get our hands on the NBA like tracking. Uh, data just to see what Zeller's numbers look like in terms of touches and time of possession uh, compared to last season because he just he's having a different offensive profile even though that the, the the top of what's making him special is the same as in the past which is his ability to screen and, and dive to the hoop and what we're just seeing it from different access points and and I've really been enjoying some of these uh, empty side looks that we saw in preseason and and now tonight against Chicago that's something you, you saw some with with Kemba but obviously that was a lot more high one five flat pick and roll and uh, it's there's a it's a little more flowy. There's a little more like European continuity style to some of their screens. And we saw again uh, PJ Washington get loose uh, in on a short roll that he he sort of short armed the the floating uh, attempt, and then got his own rebound. And then he got a a rim run score later in the game too. That's been another thing that I've enjoyed seeing so far. Yeah, I mean I agree about Cody. You know Richie, I, I just think he brings that stability uh and that effort and just those hustle plays to this lineup um i mean he had a sequence in the second quarter where he chases down an offensive rebound a scrappy one uh that leads to a bucket and then the next time down i think you know he has a one of those little fake dribble handoffs and i think his footwork just like in general looks better to y'all's point now that he knows he's going to get more opportunities with the ball uh in his hands going to the rim i mean he almost had a little like off, I mean, he, he, like the offhand up and under right hand finish on the left side of the rim uh, when he kept it off a dribble handoff, which I thought was impressive. So, look, he was great. I mean, again, you could go down, you, you know, you could go down the line here and, and compliment players. I mean, PJ Washington, I, I just, it's like Brian and I talked about <laughs> the recording last night. I mean, it's almost hard to believe how good he's been, you know, early in the season and how confidently he is shooting the ball. And it was funny. It's almost like Borrego, the first play of the second half for Charlotte, was a post-up for Washington. It was almost <laughs> to, re- like, remind Chicago and, and you know, themselves, Charlotte, that, hey, you know, this guy can do something else here, <laughs> you know, mm, yeah. just to try to get him involved outside of the three-point line you almost have to force yourself to do it which is obviously a great problem to have but man does it look like the hornets have a prospect here in washington too yeah it just changes spencer you and i talked about this yesterday but it just really changes the trajectory of the franchise like if this guy is as good as as he's been so far not just in terms of these these raw shooting percentages because he's he's not going to be shoot like this from three all season but if he is this kind of impactful two-way prospect, I thought you know Markinen got him a couple times, was able to sort of elevate and score over PJ a few times. But I just thought, as usual, PJ's help defense, uh, he's just always attentive, just always locked in. I thought yep. you saw his verticality on display again tonight, and then I thought he did a good job. Like there was one point in the second half, Markinen, who had a nice game, tried to post him up, and, and PJ stood strong. Like he just. 
I, I was impressed with his effort defensively, but um, but that that's less of a surprise. I, I figured that was something he would he would bring to the table in um, in Charlotte. And uh, what do you guys what do you guys think about this? Is a name since we've hit Zeller and, and PJ here, and obviously Devonte. But thoughts on Miles Bridges tonight? Any what do you guys have to offer there? Yeah, yeah. I I, I had a few different notes written down about about Miles. I, I thought he was pretty good, to be honest. I mean, you look at the stat sheet, nothing jumps off at you. Um, you know, he turned it over three times, and a few of those were certainly careless. Nothing to be real surprised about there. But I thought he was actually under control. Um, whether it was him attacking the closeout out of the corner, which he did a few times and scored, you know, or posting up in that in in the short post mid post area. Uh, you, you know, or facing up and taking his guy off the bounce. I mean, he had one really nice take to the basket where he had his defender right in front of him, got to his right hand, went to a spin. I think it was against Sadoransky and really burned him. Um, and, and that look, that's in the scouting report. Defenders, you, you, you would think, I mean, he, he's going to go to that spin, right? But he was able to get to that a few different times tonight uh, and finish. I thought Miles, for the most part, was under control. Um, little gun shy from behind the arc. Uh, but he, he, you know, some nice rebounds. He had a, he had a grab and go early in the in the first quarter um, that led to an easy bucket for Charlotte. You know, three assists. I thought it was a solid game for Miles. But look, when you have guys like Devonte Graham, you know, stepping up and, and PJ Washington needing to touch the ball, Terry Rozier. I mean, now there's you know Marvin Williams who has a great game here. That's a lot of mouths to feed. So so Miles takes almost a third or fourth back seat here, right. which might which might not be a bad spot for him. But I don't think it was a bad game for Miles at all. He wasn't out of control. He let the game come to him. I thought just watching you know live. He he almost felt like an afterthought to an extent. I mean, I didn't really notice him all that much out there, uh, which may be a good thing. The only kind of notes that I took on him was the fact that he got to the rim and, and he scored with his right hand continuously. I think on back-to-back baskets in the second quarter, uh, he scored with his right hand. And every time he does that, I'm just like, okay, he's definitely a right-handed finisher around the hoop. And anytime he scores with his left, I'm actually more surprised of that. And I will say the the other note that I took on him, the first defensive possession of the game, he got switched on to Levine, and uh, he did a very good job of containing him and, and contesting that shot. So those were the really only notes that I had on Miles Bridges. He really is like the third or the fourth or the fifth option on this team with, like you said, yeah. Spencer, so many mouths to feed. The Rich, Richie, I'm glad you brought up the point about switching because with, with Bridges because that that was something that I, that I wanted to touch on just very briefly, which was... They were switching miles on basically every ball screen, um, yeah. unless it was basically one through four. He was switching, and then and a couple times that led to Rozier or Graham on marking, and he tried to take him to the post and got scored or got to the line or whatever. But you can see what they're trying to do with Miles defensively, both in terms mm-hmm. of keeping his reads for him, you know, simple. Just hey man, just switch when there's a screen, you just switch. And right. uh, he had three blocks too, including at least one where he sort of came out of nowhere. It, his athleticism is special, and and even though I think he has issues with feel in space and processing the game and, and making the right uh, assignment, you know, being in the right place at the right time with his assignments as far as a team defender, a couple times a game, man, he's just going to have a play where that you just no one else can do it but him on the court because of his well, athleticism. And, and to that point, you know, Chicago, and it's a little bit why I was surprised. That Miles came out to guard Mark. I mean, he started on Market in this game, which 
I don't agree with number one. I'm also a little bit surprised with, I guess the idea, the thought is, Hey, look, we don't want to start PJ Washington on one of the more versatile young players in, in the league, in the world, frankly. So I get it from that perspective, but Chicago's going at it at the end of the game. They know as soon as they put market in any kind of ball screen, they're going to get a switch. Uh, you know, market slips it late in the game. You know, he's got Devante on him. Somebody from the corner has to dig in. I mean, it, it was just easy money for Chicago. So, that's going to be a matchup that teams are going to go at. Um, they're going to put Miles in a ton of ball screens late in games because they know they can get the switch every single time. So it, it, at some point, I think that Borrego has to make the decision, is Miles Bridges uh, a, a defensive liability just from the standpoint of teams are going to pick on him in the pick and roll you know, late in games, mm-hmm. and there's and there's not much we can do about that if I want to have a point guard out there, right, what you need, because <laughs> they're going to get the, the switch every time. Real quickly, I just wanted to go back to P.J. Washington. There's one more point note I wanted to make. He shot 53% from behind the arc in the preseason. Okay, it felt a little fluky. Still might be. He shot 7 of 11 from behind the arc tonight. I think it's officially in the scouting report that this guy's a good shooter, at least until (laughs) until further notice. Yeah, Yeah, just maybe. Until further notice. So we're going to learn pretty quickly what he can do off the bounce, I would say. Because I do think teams are almost immediately – uh, not that he made seven threes tonight, but that he got 11 attempts up. This guy's going to get shots up. He's not shy. Yeah. So teams are going to start to try to take that away. So in terms of development, we're going to learn pretty quickly what he can do with the ball off the bounce. That's a good point. And that's one of the reasons why minutes with him at the five help. We saw it against Detroit in the preseason. Like Drummond just didn't want to come out and guard him 26 feet from the from the rim. You know what I mean? So there, that's at least one bit of a workaround. But you're right. Teams are going to start closing out hard on him. And he certainly at least seems willing to make a second pass. We'll see what he does as far as you know being able to attack a closeout. He's had good moments in the preseason, but his, his – uh, Handling and playmaking was was a little iffy iffy tonight. But the two things I wanted to mention here: one was it was cool to see Miles making plays in space in the half court. He is one of those guys. We saw this with Kemba last season. He can attack space and and spin and get to his angles and finish and or just straight dunk on people. But you know, use angles and use the glass too. And we. We've been talking since June about his. What does the fit look like with he and Washington? Well, with Washington is a guy that can s- stretch the floor in space. Bridges is a guy that can play underneath that, you know, and, and get into gaps and, and look to, to free, these freewheeling drives and to playmake as well. Um, other thing with the Hornets tonight, they scored 1.2 points per possession. It's a big number, 64 percent effective shooting, and they had that one rut stretch. The final six minutes of the third quarter tonight. This is when they had uh, some of it was with with Marvin and PJ at the four and five, but Charlotte in this stretch run goes eight of twelve shooting from the field, uh, six of eight on three pointers, and I think they made all of their their, their two attempts at the rim too. They were just phenomenal during that one stretch. Chicago brought it back, and then they obviously Graham went nuts in the first quarter. The fourth quarter impressed with Dwayne Bacon as a driver. Man, that dude is a tough, physical, burrowing driver. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing that I wanted to throw in here as well. Uh, nice to see Marvin play well because, and everyone who follows this team knows it. This is the one guy that maybe is a potential trade ship for this year. You know what I mean? Late in the season, like let him be a veteran leader with these guys for as much yeah. as possible. But boy, if Marvin can 
you know, team lead, play defense like that, and shoot 40% on his threes. Like, uh, the Hornets may have something that they can, they can flip for a second-round pick if they think, or, or something else, if they think that is more value than having him spend the, the full season around mm-hmm. Bridges in Washington. Yeah, I mean, he was shifted down to the bench roll, and he didn't miss a beat. Uh, and like you said, Brian, at one point when Chicago was – Taking that lead in the third quarter, it was at that midway point that he hit back-to-back threes uh, that tied the game back up. Uh, so he definitely was a pivotal piece in this game and, and played very well coming off the bench and, and didn't miss a beat moving from the starting position to the bench roll. Uh, I guess kind of want to run down one more thing. Uh, Nick Batum, he did break his middle finger. Not sure what hand. I don't know if it was uh, his shooting hand or I guess his passing hand, really. Or if it was his left hand, I'm not. I'm not really sure. So he was not really a factor at all. Um, and uh, this may be a blessing in disguise, but you never like to see anyone get injured. So thanks again for tuning in to another Buzzbeat episode. We plan on doing a little bit more of these this year, kind of post game recaps of games. Uh, again, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. The Hornets will be playing Friday night against Minnesota. Go Hornets! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.